Welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This podcast is all about tabletop gaming in small proportions. Now here are your hosts, Andy Lennox and game designer Jason Katarski. Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. This is episode 29 and I'm your host, Jason Katarski, and I'm here not with Andy Lennox, but with another special guest who is near and dear to my heart, Mr. Patrick Nickel, founder of Crash Games. How are Woo! you today? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, we, yeah. We, uh, we really like to get some different voices in here once in a while, especially from companies who are doing cool stuff and designers who are doing cool things, and you are one of those companies that are doing... Must- Cool stuffs. You must have me mistaken with Dice Hate Me Games. <laughs> oh, I'll call you back later, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you do this thing called Crash Games. You live in Arizona. I won't do your whole life story. I'll let you tell us a little bit about um, yourself in a minute. But you are putting out some cool little games. And you put out some cool big games every once in a while, too. Um, so we'll get more into that. So that's, that's just the general, why is Patrick here kind of a thing to set you up here and let you know that we're not all crazy for having people like Patrick come on the show. Nope. (laughs) So, um, why don't you first, let's just get to know who you really are, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, we talk about board games, card games. So tell us a little bit what made you fall in love with gaming first. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Jason. I always enjoy uh, getting to spread my my passion and my love for the hobby. Um, and so it started for me back in, I, I want to say, I mean, I've played board games my whole life. When I was younger, before I knew about hobby gaming, um, I had you know some influences in my life that taught me games like uh, Cribbage and Backgammon, two games that I really, really fell in love with as, as a kid, um, and Phase 10 and stuff like that. And then in 1998... Um, at the at the ripe age of 18, um, I was introduced to this really strange game that a buddy of mine had picked up in a game shop in Denver. Uh, it was this game that won some weird award called the Spiel des Jahres Uh-oh. that we didn't know anything about. But we're like, it, it won an award. And it was a game that was brand new to the American market in 1998 called Settlers of Catan. Oh, dude, we're soul brothers. We, yes. We were 18 in 1998 and our first game – what that was in the hobby market was the settlers game also yeah so it was settlers and then um i lived in a really small town uh of like 5500 people called ogallala nebraska and ogallala is pretty much the last city in what i like to affectionately call the uh the bum crack of nebraska so right (laughs) where the the panhandle and the body separate so it's about two hours outside of denver uh and we didn't have a lot to do in that town. And so my buddies and I would get together and play um, Settlers quite a bit, like addictively. I'm talking, you know, three times a week plus. And then we would mix it up um, with several games that I that still always hold a, a near and dear place in my heart. Rail Baron by Avalon Games, an old, old Avalon game. And then um, uh, Empire Builder by Mayfair as well. At this point, Settlers wasn't wasn't affiliated with with Mayfair, I think, or maybe it was. I, I don't think so. Not the edition we had, at least, um, which was imported directly from Germany. I think it was a Cosmos copy. Oh, nice. And then um, the game, you know, I, I talk about you know Settlers being the game that brought me in, but the game that made me truly fall in love with the hobby was To Call by Wolfgang Kramer and Michael Kessling. Oh, awesome! Those are you know that's I love uh, Kramer and Kessling and 
and I haven't played that game. Oh uh, my gosh, it is it and now it won the the Spiel des Jahres uh I believe either the year after Catan or 2 years after Catan. Right on. Yeah, at one point I had a I had a goal of getting all of the Spiel des Jahres winners in my collection. Um but then I realized that I, I didn't like all of them that I was playing. <laughs> so they went out and I tried to trade them, you know, to kind of move them through the collection. But yeah, sure. so that's when I, it's, it's gotta be on my radar. I just haven't, I haven't got it yet. No. And it, it was hard to find for a while, but I don't think it is anymore. And it is a great game. Like, um, I want to say one of the, one of the first like action point allowance system games. Okay. Um, definitely, you know, technically worker placement but more so action a point action point allowance um just phenomenal game and and i as a as a hardcore fan of to call um i did not like and do not like the digital version so if you're listening to this podcast you're like oh i can download it please do not judge it based <laughs> on the app um i just don't i don't like the way the app came out it it took some artistic licenses that i thought were that made the game worse uh. um but yeah Whatever, I won't harp on that too much. <laughs> You're just a little sore. You're just a little sad. So you got to get a vent. Yes. That happens when somebody takes your baby and messes with it, you know? Yeah, and so that that game will always be in my collection, even though it's a nice, weird, long box size that doesn't conform. Yeah, there's there's got to be a place for those those oddballs. We we know something about being oddballs. And yes. Funny-shaped. That, that is my <laughs> mantra. I am a funny-shaped oddball, and that is the... That is the dice tire tower way to describe myself. <laughs> Otherwise, I would use a different descriptor. Well, thank you for keeping it family friendly. Oh yeah. So, so you got into games. Uh, you liked them a lot. You geeked out for a while, and then eventually, here you are. Uh, you're a game publisher now. So, tell me a little bit about that journey. Like, how do you go from one to the other? What was what was uh, kind of led you in that direction? Sure. So basically what led me into the hobby was I had graduated from college just a tick under a decade. Uh, lots of people go to school for 10 years. Uh, they're normally called doctors. You but, know what, uh, dude? I did the same thing. That's awesome. We graduated we are, the same we year. We are separated at birth. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was a very free spirit. I, I moved a lot as a young adult and saw the country and and graduated from college at the worst time possible, right at the heart of the the economic depression that we we I don't think it was a depression; it was more of a recession. Um, and just couldn't couldn't land a, a job with a bachelor's degree, uh, an insurance, full blown insurance licenses, and it was just really really tough tough competition. And so um, I knew that I loved games, and there was a chain of game stores here in Arizona that now is unfortunately out of business, but at the time, they had seven locations, and they were looking for a retail manager for one of their stores. And so, you know, I talked to my wife, and I said, I know this is, you know, an interesting path to take, you know, full-time re retail management. I know that it's going to be an 80-hour-a-week job in which I only get paid for half that time, <laughs> um, but it'll be doing something I like, and I think it'd be really interesting. And so... I took over their their worst performing store, um, and inside of two months, uh, increased their sales by by ten percent. They were at a negative two percent in sales against the other stores, and I, I bumped them up to a plus seven, um, and really really fell in love with that. And met a lot of the people that I'm in I'm really good friends with in the community through that store. And then you know, unfortunately, I had. A situation where um, I was born with a hereditary disease in my knees that that prematurely wears down the cartilage, and 
I mean, on your feet in retail for eight to 10 hours a day had pretty much taken away the last bit of cartilage that I had because now I'm the old guy complaining about my health ailments. Um, <laughs> and so I really couldn't continue in that capacity. And that was the precursor that really pushed me into exploring publishing because a couple games, Alien Frontiers and Eminent Domain, had just funded on Kickstarter. Kickstarter was was pretty much brand new with board games at that point. And then I saw a brand new young company called Dice Hate Me Games making a game called Carnival on Kickstarter. And I thought, I think I could do this. Yeah. And, oh, man, let me just say, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was what kind of pushed me. Why My wife and I talked about it. And, you know, thankfully, um, she did school the opposite way that I did. I took almost 10 years and I got a degree that – um, is pretty ambiguous. It's just a bachelor's of science in management where she went and got, you know, an engineering degree. So she did very and still does very well for us. And so I had a opportunity with her believing in that, that risk of taking the risk of saying, Hey, let me try to build something from scratch here. And, and that's what crash games has been doing, uh, for the last three years this month, actually in three days is our three year, three year anniversary as a company. Wow, congratulations. That's a cool milestone to make. You know, they, yeah. they say a lot of businesses don't make it past that, that two-year mark, you know, so you're a year past that. That's good news. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how I got into publishing. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your story. So so now here you are three years later. Why don't you just give us a quick rundown. How many games have you put out in that amount of time? Well, in this amount of time, um, I've been responsible. I'm looking over at my shelf right now because I always have to count them, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and we're at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games that I've been responsible for, eight of which are published under the Crash Games banner. Um, and I say nine that, that I'm responsible, but I mean nine that I was a part of. Uh, majorly. Michael Coe and I, uh, he's now got his own company, Gameland Games. We just wanted to still really good friends. We just had different ideas for, you know, the company. So we decided to, to split, um, after the one year in business before it got any messier. So Michael Coe and I, um, published Rise, Lost Dutchman and Dungeon Heroes together. And then kind of the, the deal of the split was I get to keep Crash Games and he got to publish Dungeon Heroes. This is his first game, um, under, under Gameland Games title. And then I went on to publish my first game on my own as Paradise Fallen, followed by Council of Verona, Where Art Thou, Romeo, Pater, Yardmaster, and Yardmaster Express, and now Dead Drop. Yeah, cool list, man. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of little games on there. You, you have the big ones you mentioned, like you have uh, uh, Lost Dutchman and Pater, which Pater is the kind of the follow-up game to Alien Frontiers, not, not, related in mechanics or gameplay but by the same designer his second published game right yeah that's a whole other cool story that we don't have time for in 20 minutes but it really <laughs> it really is a neat story of how that relationship my friendship with tori neiman came to be but it was a direct result of the of the game store that oh, i was that's, managing that's cool and so yeah it's an intentional strategy of of crash games to where Ideally, I want to be putting out um, micro games or small games to big games at about a three to one or four to one ratio. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, you've, you've uh, I guess probably one of the, the games that seems to have made the biggest splash uh, as of late is Council of Verona, uh, which was the first in your in your pub series. Yeah, so I mean, depending upon when this podcast is going to air, I could actually make my my big announcement 
today on your podcast? Are you putting it up tonight? Are you putting it up tomorrow? When does it? When does it? Up? I won't put it up until tomorrow, so you can share. Oh, so everyone stuff. here can hear that Council of Verona uh, was officially selected for Tabletop Season Three. So wow. that is that is pretty awesome, uh, pretty special news. Yeah, congrats! So if those of you who don't know, go to YouTube. And look up Tabletop. It's a show hosted by Will Wheaton where they take a, about a half an hour look at um, some celebrities, either internet or television kind of media personalities, playing hobby games. And it's hilarious and it's fun and it's given great exposure to our hobby. Um, and, wow, that's going to be a big for that game and big for your company, Patrick. Congratulations. Thank you. Pretty, pretty excited about it. Um, it's been a very, very long process. Um, I want to say about a, about a year of you know getting the game submitted and and to the point of where it is right now and so i'm i'm very excited uh very interested to see where it'll go and very honored uh to have been selected i always knew that the game was very special and i feel like council of verona was was my first really phenomenal game really big hit i mean i like things about every one of my games um, but Verona, I feel, was the first really, really special one. That's a local designer to me, too. Michael Eskew lives here in Tucson, where I live. Oh, that's awesome. So you got all these kind of cool local connections from being a real human being in a specific place <laughs> and time. <laughs> Arizona has a really neat gaming community, and um, a lot of a lot of publishing companies, you know, are are involved in one way or another here in Arizona, and it just has a phenomenal design community. and And the game, I love gamers all across the world, but I really love my my gamers here in in Arizona. Really great community. That's awesome. Yeah, you gotta have that that place that you can love, man. It makes you want to put down your roots. So that's that's exciting. So then the next game in your in your pub series was uh, kind of a, a follow-up to uh, well, a slightly bigger game. The uh, Yardmaster was another uh, kind of a fun family card game. And and then uh, I just want to focus on your, your pub series games for a couple sure. of reasons here. Uh, <laughs> and, no, it makes sense. Those yeah. are the filler games, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Yardmaster Express, right, which is David Short's design, right? Yeah, so that was a, an interesting story. And the, the number one question I get about it is, are they the same game? And no, they're the same brand. Um, sure. But completely different games. And so that came about in a really neat and interesting way. So David Short um, was one of my developers on Yardmaster. And he absolutely loved the game. And, and I did too. And it, it I, you know, I wasn't the only one to feel that way. It picked up the Ion Award at SaltCon this year. The other Ion Award was won by T.C. Petty. Oh, yeah. Um, for his, his game um, in the slightly more strategic category. And, um, yeah, David Short fell in love with it and he came into my warehouse because we get together about every week to play games here at my warehouse. And he said, I created a game and I want to show it to you. And he showed me Yardmaster Express and I was like, oh, my gosh, this, <laughs> this is phenomenal. And I'm like, I've got to publish this. I've got to publish it now. And so I had the very uh, delicate situation of going to the Yardmaster designer, Stephen Aramini. Um, great, great guy out of Reno, Nevada and saying, hey, you know, David Short came up with this game based on yours. You know, how do you feel about that? And what are your thoughts and everything? And because I didn't want to I would never want to alienate my relationship with with a designer. I, I love people and people are the heart of what I do um, without 
without people, I, I don't want to do this. And so I would never want to step on someone's toes. And so Stephen was really exceptionally cool about it. And we explored what that would look like for him as a designer, you know, and I'll spare you all the legal mumbo jumbo, but he was very, he was very happy with how I addressed it, you know, in regards to him. And so then I had the, the interesting decision, right, was to wait or was to, to go right away. Sure. And I made the decision to go right away with it. So we'll see. Time will tell how that how that shakes out because like, there's definitely some confusion on people's minds as far as the two games. And so, you know, I, I continue to let them know it's the same brand, completely different games. Yeah. Well, you know, we saw um, we ran into each other at Grand Con and Grand Rapids here a couple weeks ago, and and you had the production samples of those games, and and what's cool is they do they have the very similar uh, kind of brand identity, but they look very distinct with the square cards to the regular poker sized cards, the different size boxes, the different colored boxes, um, and and they look pretty. They're eye catching games, both of them. So I I, I think you're going to do well with those. It's pretty pretty fun um, to see how well those games kind of went and piggybacked on each other when, when those campaigns went back to back like that. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan of, of filler games of micro games. I've, I've written about it on the, the crash games blog, um, a blog post titled, you know, why I love the micro game. Um, and so when somebody puts a phenomenal micro game in front of me, I have no other recourse other than to publish it immediately. <laughs> awesome. Well, th that brings us to uh, number three in the pub series, which is currently on Kickstarter now. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit about that one, Patrick? I don't know. The designer is kind of pretentious and jerky. <laughs> um, no, heard, no, I'm kidding. I kid, I kid. It's it's Dead Drop. It's your game. Yeah, totally, man. So this is uh, the part of the show where, like, you know, we talk about me again. But We'll do yeah. the shameless self-promotion <laughs> ding. Ding! Ding! That's awesome. We do need a sound effect because it, it we do. happens well, every we now have and then. Right here. <laughs> there you go. Perfect, perfect. I used to listen to some radio uh, radio show in the in the morning in San Diego. My my favorite radio show, Jeff and Jer. And anytime they did a, a shameless self promotion for a product, they ding the bell like that. <laughs> perfect. Well, yeah. So so Dead Drop is our our game. That's uh, a little thirteen card micro game that is on Kickstarter now. We're about what thirty five forty percent towards funding yeah we are um six days into the project so not even a week quite yet and we're approaching 40 percent in funding um and chugging along at a, at a healthy pace and dead drop was a game that you showed me back at unpub 3 back this past february in in delaware yeah and one of the reasons i did show it to you was just because of the pub series thing you know i just thought like hey this would be a cool fit with that um it's got elements of memory and deduction it had kind of a, a spy theme all by itself to, to to start out with so i thought it would fit that that scene and that kind of brand that you were you, you were building up with the pub games um, yeah i was really you... excited when you showed it to me if you remember i wasn't you know, we we played it the <laughs> night before the show officially started at the hotel, and I wasn't letting you uh, walk away from that table without a signed contract for it. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and, and that was the only one of two micro pub games that I signed at that show. Because then you're going to be, you know, followed here not the next project, but the project after with the assassination of Jack Malone by. Uh, ben Ben Pinchback and Matt Riddle. Yeah, good friends of the show, and, a, and, a, and another neat game with a cool theme. So, yeah, dude, things are looking good for the pub series. Um, yeah, I just want to say I love what you did with the um, the the art for Dead Drop. We started out with the the spy theme, and then you kind of went crazy 
And uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about what you did there? And that'll wrap up the the dead drop portion of the show. (laughs) Sure. Well, it was a really, really great team effort. You know, one of the things that I really just will never compromise on is that I like to collaborate with my designers and my graphic designers and my artists for it truly to be uh, a composition of a, of a team effort that every project is is not possible without everyone in the team. And so I can't remember if it was you or Adam McIver that said, hey, you know, um, I'm a backer of, of pairs by, by Cheap Ass Games, James Ernest. And so we saw how they had taken different art. You know, because that was one of the challenges uh, challenges of, of Dead Drop was that it was a simple game. You know, where do we really go with it from a production standpoint? Yeah. Wasn't it – what was it, um, Eric Martin? It I might thought, have been Eric Martin too yeah. because Eric Martin has been a big fan of Dead Drop since I showed it to him at Origins 2014. Origins is past Origins. Yeah. And um, I was really blown away. You know, because one of my concerns with the game was, was it too quick? Was it too simple? Was there enough meat on the bone? And so I intentionally put it in front of really discerning gamers like Eric <laughs> Martin and, and Matt Loomis, people that would have zero trouble picking apart a game and giving me their blunt and honest opinion. And both turned out to be really big fans. And that was kind of like the last reassurance I needed to go ahead. And so I thought it would be really cool. You know, some people have expressed, you know, like, oh, well, the the theme, how does it work across the different factions? Well, any faction, whether it be, you know, literal or fictional, you know, had people that wanted secret information. So we had the kids deck where, you know, maybe they're racing around and and trying to figure out, you know, the secret secret password into the clubhouse and to stay up past bedtime, (laughs) you know, and we got, you know, rogues of all different, you know, races and we've got you know, space robots and Vikings and all these people could be, you know, people that are trying to share hidden information. And that that was a nice, ambiguous aspect of of Dead Drop was that we could really dial it in and, and really, you know, the sky was the limit. And so I knew that I wanted Adam McIver, um, who had done the art on Council of Rona, to be my primary artist. And so he started this really neat venture called the Creative Department where – he basically acts like not only a graphic designer, but he acts as my art director. And so I had found a couple artists um, on my own, Quanchai Moria, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, um, and Naomi Robinson, who was the the artist on Pater. And I found them on my own. And then Adam roped in, you know, a handful of really talented artists, uh, Rob Lundy, Sean Dove, uh, Ashley Davis, Oliver Meandering. And Oliver is phenomenal. Like I – I hope to work with Oliver again really soon. And Oliver, um, if people have seen Kingdom Land, which is the next big game Crash Games has coming out, um, which I think is going to get bumped until next year, um, that's Adam McIver's design and his art. But Oliver did the coloring on that that oh, promo for nice. King Crinklepot. And so, yeah, and kind of some inside information. I'm going to give Oliver the first right of refusal on the assassination of Jack Malone. He's the artist that I want. After seeing his outlaw deck for Dead Drop, I think he would do a really good job on a on a detective kind of noir noir theme for oh, yeah. for assassination assassination of Jack Malone. And so it was this really neat collaborative effort between me, you, Adam, um, Eric Martin, Matt Loomis, Mike Mullins uh, did a lot of work for us, you know, yeah, as you yeah. know. And so just this really neat community effort. And those are the best projects to have because 
you know, then it's it's vetted by multiple people, right? It's not just me and you saying, hey, this is great, buy our game. This <laughs> is kind of like, it takes a village. This is the Hillary Clinton game. No, I'm just, you know, but... <laughs> It, it comes out and it's it's this neat, natural, artistic creation. And that's what excites me about this. You know, it's it's a collaborative effort. It's not just one person. Yeah, that's that's huge, man. Working with people is one of the best things about this whole industry. So, yeah. Well, thanks for that. So people can check that out on Kickstarter. It's Dead Drop. 12 bucks gets you a basic copy with, uh, well, when we fund, it'll be with two decks by Adam McIver. And then every stretch goal after that will be added to the deluxe tier, which is $22. So And really easy to hit stretch goals. It's just every two grand thereafter produces another deck where it, at some point, like you could have, like, let me see. I think the final count would be what eight decks total if you have the deluxe version. I think I think that's about it. That for right. only for only ten more bucks, yeah. Because we have we have the spies, the monsters, and then Vikings, outlaws, the birds, the rogues, the kids, and the space robots. Yeah, so it's eight. Awesome. Eight total decks. Well, cool. Thanks for for kind of giving us the rundown about. Uh, crash games and a little bit about who patrick is one of the things we like to do with our guests is is we like to get some recommendations for fillers so i want to hear like what is your favorite filler of all time and then what is a new filler you've been playing that you really enjoy that is a loaded question that's like (laughs) asking me to pick what kid i love the most we'll do it Um, and the answer is always the ginger (laughs) uh because because they need it (laughs) so um favorite filler of all time Gosh, I mean, I'm going to probably catch a lot of a lot of flack, but I am always down to play a game of cribbage or skip bow. Um, you know, and those are quick, quick fillers that I've been playing my whole life. You know, nice. new, new fillers, um, you know, newer fillers, I should say, compared to those games are, you know, games that I'm always down to play like uh, Ink and Gold or For Sale. Um, or some of my my go-to fillers um roll through the ages the bronze game by eagle griffin part of their bookshelf series um those are great great fillers um and i know i'm going to leave something out some new stuff that i've been playing that is absolutely amazing i think the one that that i'd like to push the most that people can can readily get and it's not it's something i think they would easily gloss over if you haven't picked up a copy of yahtzee steal the deal it is ah. phenomenal. It comes in in a square, like that's literally like two inches by two inches. Yeah, dude, I picked that up and I carried it around in my backpack wherever I go, and I keep forgetting it's in there because it's so small. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's seven dollars, and what I tell people is, if you buy it and you don't like it, send it to me. I'll give you your money back. Like it's not even my game, and it's a mass market <laughs> game. It is amazing. Um, if you're a fan of Roll for It, you'll definitely like it. And I'm good friends with Chris, the designer of Roll For It, and I think Roll For It is a great game. I think Yahtzee Steal the Deal streamlines it even more and presents some more interesting challenges because in Yahtzee Steal the Deal, you have the opportunity, um, if, if a card isn't completed, to try to steal it out from under your opponent. Oh, nice. And so I really, I really dig that. So Yahtzee Steal the Deal, pick it up. Um, also one that I've been playing recently that I've got a couple plays under my belt. I don't like how the game goes at the very end, but it's not bad enough for me to not recommend it. But Art of War by Reiner Knizia. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, or no, Age of War. Age Age of War. War. Art of War is the book. Yeah. Um, that's why I keep confusing it. Age of War is really fun and streamlined. Um, and then lastly, a game that I got to play, uh, when I was hanging out with my buddy, Ted Allspock at his house earlier this year, he taught me cockroach poker. 
OMG. Cockroach poker is phenomenal, but it's really, really hard to find. I actually was able to pick up two copies thanks to uh, Maggie Bot on Twitter, who who does the the buying for Card Kingdom in Seattle. Oh, sweet. And I got to mention, I got to mention uh, my my love for my one of my other Twitter followers, Suze, that's up in up in Seattle. She's like uh, my sister from another mother. And she's a big fan of the show. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I love both of them. And I got to play, you know, or pick up cockroach poker while I was up there. And I bought a second. Co- I bought I would have bought more if they had had more <laughs> so that I could spread the love for cockroach poker. But if you haven't played cockroach poker and you love fillers. You haven't lived. <laughs> so get out there and pick up some games, according to Patrick. Hey, Patrick, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Um, yeah. We're running a little bit over, so we got to wrap things Uh-oh. up here. But uh, why don't you tell us where people can get a hold of you on Twitter and yeah, on the interwebs? Me, uh, you can always find me on my website, Crash Games AZ for Arizona. That's CrashGamesAZ.com. You can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, at crash underscore games, facebook.com slash crash games. And then we're putting out a, a new blog post, uh, vlog every week on YouTube. And our YouTube channel is just crash games, AZ on YouTube. And so we'll be uh, recording a couple episodes, uh, from live from S in Germany. So that ought to be cool. Exciting. Have a good time in, in Germany, sell lots of games and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll check back in you with you again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Hey, I'm uh, Jason Katarski. You've been listening to the 20 Minutes of Filler, a Dice Tower Network podcast. Go to DicetowerNetwork.com for more podcasts. Follow my friend Andy underscore Lennox. He needs a little bit of love when he's not here. You can find me at Jason Katarski. Thanks a lot for listening. Go play some great little games.